Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our Boomer panel discusses things like sleeping in separate rooms. Is this a sign of relationship problems or can you have a great relationship and yet have different sleeping quarters? Well, I'll tell you even, uh, we'll talk about the statistics. You'd be surprised too. Uh, and is marriage necessary for happiness. Those are just a couple of the topics I will discuss with Mark and Mallory coming up after 10.15, but first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Got a couple of uh, emails that I want to share with you as well to Lori at drlori.com. Aloha from Hawaii. I now listen to your show in the afternoon, 4 p.m. to be precise. And yesterday I listened with three new friends, a married couple and a 44-year-old Polynesian woman. They love the show and you have a, a new fan base in Hawaii. You really must come and do a show here on the beach. Please, I would love to. Um, they found your show to be very unique and it took a bit to get over the shock of what people text or write in, but they soon learned how you help. They have researched you and are impressed. Was a bit disappointed, no poem last night. Tried to explain the poet unsuccessfully. Maybe you can, please. Uh, it is 12:16 p.m. and I'm having lunch outside. 86 degrees, warm wind, envious. We are looking forward to this afternoon's show. So funny that people are listening to it a whole other, a whole other time. So I can try to explain it to you very, very quickly. The passion poet is a listener, and he started sending in uh, poems a couple of times a week, and we just dubbed him. I just dubbed him the passion poet, and it took on a life of its own because he has his own fan base now. So. Uh, there you go. 514-800 if you have questions, comments, and I'd certainly love for you to comment on some of the topics that we have tonight. Hi, Dr. Lori. My girlfriend and I have been together for a few months, and we can't keep our hands off each other. We have sex for hours on end, and it's a problem because it sometimes interferes with work, and we can hardly get through cooking a meal. It's wonderful, but what do people do to not get so lost in having sex all the time? You realize people are listening to this and going, oh, I wish I had that problem, right? Uh, so you're in the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Usually the first six months, you we release a, a, a lust hormone, makes us want to do it all the time, gets you, you're at your, like your peak of desire in that relationship in those first few months. So... Listen, if you're going to let it interfere with your life and get fired because you're having too much sex, that's that's one thing. But not keeping your hands off each other at the beginning of a relationship, not so unusual. And probably now with COVID and all, uh, everybody working from home, you're lucky you're in a new relationship where you can be uh, sexual together and you have a sexual partner that you can do this with. So good on you. What more can I say, but good on you, right? <laughs> I know people are jealous. Uh, this is, uh, dear Dr. Lori, this is an email I got. I always look forward to the Boomer panel, so that's tonight, and hear that it's become very popular since it first aired. I'm not surprised. The guest panelists are great, and the show is interesting, informative, and fun. I'm a baby Boomer myself. I turned 72 this year, and listening to the show inspired me to write the following poem. Ah, the passion poet 
has a competition. Uh, I may be adding more verses, but this is what I have so far. Hope you enjoy. This is from uh, Lily. So, Lily, I want to share this with our, our listeners. I'm a baby boomer, nobody's baby. Been round the block, so don't try to play me. Married three times, got tired of the spats. A lot less stressful living with cats. My two kitties light up my life. Rather be a cat mom than some dude's wife. Don't do drugs, smoke, or vape. Clean the house to stay in shape. Dance your size to the Rolling Stones. Someday I'll be skin and bones like Mick. Ha ha. Sex in my view is way overrated. Don't get me wrong, not saying I hate it, but there's no harm in being celibate, not doing it just for the hell of it. Been there, done that. Sooner spend time binging on Netflix, drinking boxed wine. I do Facebook and Twitter, got a YouTube channel, always listen to the Boomer panel. I'm a baby boomer and a late, late bloomer. Old only in years, tried turning the page, but never been good at acting my age. I think this is the same Lily that once did a song, a rap for us uh, before, so... Thank you. That's uh, that's kind of fun that we got another poet. And this was great. Lily, this was a great poem. But I do want to share one from the Passion Poet. No comparisons, guys, okay? They're different people, different styles. It's all good. We danced a stairway to heaven, then told to go your own way. We loved Black Magic Woman, and you're so vain. Do you think I'm sexy? We got a ticket to ride. Listen to the lyrics of Lola and take a walk on the wild side. Ooh, all the music. Chris, pay attention to these titles because we can play them tonight. These are songs from the 70s, but we cannot forget Motown. It was the best of soul music. It had that Detroit sound. Just my imagination, stoned in love with you. Get on the love train, the OJs and the spinners and Stevie Wonder too. We put on our bell-bottoms, guys grew their hair long, every teen had their click, but we sang the same song. The boomers made history, a global social revolution. Leaders thought we were the problem, when in fact, we were the solution. Oh, I love, love, love that. And for Lily's poem, the Passion Poet wrote, excellent, excellent, loved it too. Thank you, this is so nice. Hey, Dr. Laura, I was wondering what percentage of women like anal sex and what percentage of women like period sex? I wonder if it's the same. I don't have the numbers. I can only tell you that about 40% or so of the heterosexual population have tried anal sex at least once. That's the last statistic that I remember seeing. That says nothing about how many people continue to engage in it, how many people do it because their partner wants them to do it, how many get, really enjoy it, and how many people find it painful. So it's really hard to know. Uh, I've heard stories that run the gamut, so I can't give you an actual number. In terms of women who like period sex, also like I can't give you an actual statistic on that. Some women like it because A, having an orgasm during their period relieves pain. So uh, period sex can actually be good for them in that sense. It can, you know, help relieve some of the, uh, some of the cramping. And then you have others who say, ooh, 
too messy, don't want it, not for me, too bloody, whatever it is. In the same way that you, you have men who like it and men who will say no way. So, um, no, I, I'm not sure I've seen any studies on, on those kinds. If I find them and I will look for them, I uh, promise and I will share uh, that. Men like anal sex as well. Good question. Um, in terms of do, li- do men like penetration? A lot of men enjoy anal play. So they can use toys, butt plugs, things like that. So it depends what you're talking about in terms of penetration. But certainly, uh, certainly anal play. Coming up, our Baby Boomer panel will join me in our first topic, and you tell me, uh, do you think that if you sleep in separate rooms, it is a sign of relationship problems, or are you one of the statistics, and I'll tell you that later, uh, of people who have separate bedrooms or separate beds? to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. I love this segment a lot because I love the music. I love my guests, of course, uh, but the music uh, from our era is wonderful. So this is our Baby Boomer panel. You are a Baby Boomer if you were born before 1964. So 1964 is the cutoff. I am the last of the Baby Boomers at 56. Mark, who is our passion poet, he allowed me to out him. Uh, He is 61 and Mallory is 59. So, hey, if anybody ever wants to join our panel, just send me a, a note and we'll we'll have you in the rotation. Why not? Welcome back to the program, uh, lady and gentlemen. <laughs> Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi, Lori. Hi. Are you ready to, uh, to do some talking here? All right. This is a topic that has come up time and again. And I, um, and as boomers, we might have, well, we grew up with Things like I Love Lucy in the 50s. Okay, well, I didn't grow up with it, but some you know, older boomers have. And where they had separate beds and Fred and Wilma had separate beds. And so we kind of grew up with that. Like, it's not such a weird thing. Maybe a lot weirder uh, today or for our parents, maybe it wasn't so strange. Like, if we had seen our parents have separate beds would that have been weird for us but I I just want to share with our listeners the actual statistics on people who sleep in separate beds or sleep in separate rooms and I, I want to hear from you as well do you sleep in separate rooms do you sleep in separate beds in 2015 there was a National Sleep Foundation survey that found that as many as 25% of couples reported sleeping in separate beds, 10% of which uh, were sleeping in separate bedrooms. A 2013 study out of Toronto's Ryerson University puts that number at about 30 to 40%. But we must not assume that that is a sign of relationship trouble. I think our minds go to, well, if we're sleeping in separate rooms, does that mean the relationship is in trouble. So I want to get your thoughts on it and then we could talk about the the actual issue and we'd love to hear from you as well at 514-800. Mallory, your thoughts. Um, well, 
No, I mean, you know, sleeping is very important. I know my, my ex-husband and I, we slept in separate bedrooms because he was the worst snore in the world. Okay. But he was also a jerk. So I, you know, <laughs> I didn't miss him. Uh, but my present husband, uh, he doesn't snore to wake the dead. Okay. So, you know, we sleep in the same bed. I can't imagine, you know, not sleeping with him and him with me too. You know, he's a quiet little snore, you know, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. But do you think that if looking from the outs, well, I guess you've experienced it, but do, do you think that it, it indicates a problem in the relationship if you end up sleeping separately? So you were, no, okay. not necessarily, because I think as you get older, your sleep becomes very important. So if somebody's, if your, your partner is snoring, and keeping you up, well, you're not going to get any sleep. You can love them so much, but, you know, your relationship, I think, will end up suffering if you start lacking so much sleep. I so, I agree. You know, what happens when we the- lack sleep? What happens when we lack sleep? We get irritable cranky. <laughs> and cranky and, you know, potentially bitchy. Like, that's not good, right? That yeah. does not help the relationship. That's it. Yeah. Mark, what do you think? Well, when I was married, um, many nights I would wake up in the morning alone and my wife would be in the guest room because I'm a big mover in bed and she's woken, you know, and I've given her bruises, you know. Oh, okay. So you're a kicker. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and how did you feel about that, that, that she was mind. sleeping? No, I mean, you okay. know what, we went, to, we went to bed together, you know, we, we ended up falling asleep. I mean, we woke up together many times too, but... On those nights where I moved around a lot, at least she didn't wake me up. She just got up and uh, hopped in the guest bed, and that was that. Right. So um, just a little bit of, of sharing for me. So my husband gets up a lot during the night, and uh, we have different sleep schedules. So I go to sleep much later. He gets up could be like three times in a day and I'm a super light sleeper so he does it for me like he says honey I don't want to disturb you I feel horrible when I disturb you so I'm going to sleep in the other room now that we have an an extra room that our kids have moved out he's like I I think I I want you to have a good night's sleep and I value that you know it does it, it does nothing to impede our intimacy at all because we you know we have our own routine and we have our like it doesn't mean there's no anger there's no there's nothing. I mean, I, yes, I could miss it, but then it's all the better the next day because, oh, I missed you, you know, it was, so it's nice. Um, but the sleep is valued. And when you have a partner that snores and keeps you up all night, you get angry. Like you start to really get pissy in the morning. It's like, ah, you kept me up all night or I can't fall asleep because you're snoring. And I remember my mother telling me, my father was a big snorer. I could hear him through the walls in my own bedroom. See, he kept me up as a kid. But she would say, I have to fall asleep before him or else I have to sleep somewhere else. Like it was, that was the, the, the way to do it, you know. Although I never, hardly ever saw her sleep separately, but uh, it happens. So let me share a couple of texts here because it seems to be something that's quite popular. So here, we're three of us and the three of us, have done it for the same for the same reasons and not because there was a problem in the relationship. Uh, Dr. Lori, remember the Dick Van Dyke show? Oh yes, they slept on separate beds. But at the time, the Dick Van Dyke show, Fred Flintstones, I Love Lucy, all of that, you weren't allowed on television to show 
to like to show one bed for some reason that was dirty or taboo or or, or it implied sex and you couldn't right. even have that so that was that was a kind of a rule <laughs> i don't think that was the norm but that was kind of the the rule uh, okay, you know, go you ahead. No, Lori, there, there's a movie called Pleasantville. I don't know if you've ever seen I it. I have seen it. I can't remember you know, if and, I have. And, and if you remember during that movie, everybody, you know, it's about these two kids that get wound up in some uh, retro show, mm-hmm. a black and white show. Oh, yes, everyone, yes. And, and and by the end of the movie, the guy who sells furniture, he's selling double beds. And right. And it was like, you know, they, it was a, it's a very, very good movie, that. And, you know, it, it brings to light a lot of things. It was a fun movie to watch. Yeah, but you but you're right. It kind of started talking about about that, right? Sleeping, wow, double beds, not you know, not two beds stuck together. Wow. Uh, okay, so we've got snore and kick her. Now I still really like sleeping next to my wife. I don't blame you. I think none of us could say we don't like it. It's just that if you get kicked or you get woken up a lot or your partner snores and you can't sleep or other things I've heard is different temperatures in the room. There's one that really needs, um, you know, a cold room, someone who needs the heat. So those oh. things, right? I mean, you, know, if- you, brought, you brought back a memory. I'm going to tell you a fast little story. My okay. ex-wife in the wintertime, she was the type that liked to sleep with the window open a little bit. Okay. And we had a cat. Now, it was very windy this particular night, and it was snowing. I woke up. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, freezing to death. And, I'm look, and, I, and I look and I look at the comforter, and it's kind of white. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And the cat usually sleeps with us. The cat's not in the room. There was snow on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sleeping, wanting different things. Yeah. Uh, when you're cold, can you sleep in different rooms? It's so much nicer when you sleep next to each other. Sure, when, when you're cold and you can snuggle up and whatever – I like the the snuggle and you know snuggle up with me, keep me warm, uh, cuddle me into bed, and then go go back go go to you you know go to your bed like <laughs> go to your room where you're not going to keep me up all night. Doesn't mean you don't have all that. A lot of my friends do because of snoring or sleep apnea machines, which also keeps people up. That sleep apnea machine for me it was and my husband uses one and uh, I was like oh my god I'm sleeping next to Darth Vader you know it was <laughs> like. <laughs> It ain't sexy, I could tell you that much. Or uh, <laughs> sleeping with the TV on or falling asleep with the TV on. But some people like to fall asleep with the TV on and others don't. So you can have, you're two different people. Like, And also when you get, when you marry and you're older, you, you have your own patterns, right? You, you kind of get used to things um, a certain way. So uh, for sure. We bought a king-size bed because our kids kept getting bigger. <laughs> Thank God none of them sleep in our bed anymore. I hear you on that one. When our kids were little, they w- would crawl into that bed. Yes, and that king-size bed came in handy. As long as you're close as a couple and you spend as much time as you can together when you're not sleeping is what really counts. I agree with you on that. When you sleep, you sleep. It shouldn't be important whether you sleep with each other or not. Uh, you know what? You bring up a really, really good point. When we go to bed, it's not to go to bed to do anything but sleep until, unless we make a date and say, okay, let's have fun in, in, in the bed, right? Or, or whatever it is. So, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Somebody says snow on the bed. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. I, I, yeah, you're not soon going to forget that. 
My grandparents had a loving relationship for almost 60 years. It was quite evident in the beginning they could not sleep in the same bed. My grandfather was always cold, needing lots of blankets. On the other hand, grandma threw off heat like a blast furnace. They tried sleeping in separate beds in the same room, but Ma always wanted the window open just a crack for fresh air, even in winter. They ended up in separate rooms for more than 50 years, and yet a loving, beautiful relationship. So no indication that this says there is problems in paradise. That's very clear. Speaking of paradise, is marriage necessary for happiness? Try and answer that question and your stupid sex story of the day. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we uh, get back to Mark and Mallory, our baby boomers, let me share this funny story. So last night's story was about a guy who hid a, a pistol or a gun, whatever, up his butt when the police came looking. Look at a pretty big big gun. Uh, anyway, here's another bungling felon from Washington state who made a series of blunders when he shot himself in the testicles and tried to hide the weapon all while storing drugs in his anus. He was carrying a pistol in his front pocket while in his apartment when the firearm accidentally discharged and pierced his groin and thigh. He happens to be a 13-time convicted felon. He told his girlfriend to dispose of the weapon before heading to the hospital. When he finally went to the hospital, a balloon of marijuana slipped out of his anus while a doctor was operating on the gunshot wound. Cops also arrived at the hospital when alerted of the gunshot wound and searched his car where they discovered a bag of meth in the bloodstained jeans he was wearing when he shot himself. As he was being processed... Uh, He was strip searched and another balloon of marijuana slipped from his anus. (laughs) This is crazy. Wow. Oh, anyway. So, um, I mean, he, you know, he was charged with all the things you would be charged with not having anything up your butt, but obviously the drug charge. Whatever tripped your trigger, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just a couple of, just wanted to share a couple of things as we, uh, tie the bow on uh, our uh, conversation about sleeping in separate beds. And just to reiterate, a 2013 Canadian study found that 30 to 40 percent of couples sleep separately, separate rooms or wow. and or uh, separate beds. So not as uncommon as you might think. I think my parents have been sleeping in separate, joined the beds for about 30 years and now separate rooms. Had a boyfriend that snored and shook and jolted when he was sleeping. There was no way I could fall asleep. That was the deal breaker because he only wanted me beside him. I had no choice but to sleep in another room. And I remember that that triggered for me a thought. I remember dating a guy for a while. He had night terrors. Night terrors where he, yeah, where he, like he, he was like 
coming after me, you know, like as if I was somehow in his dream, the aggressor or something. It was like, it was scary. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Losing sleep was the least of your worries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, hoping I wake up alive. It's like. Well, sleep uh, with one eye open. That's exactly it. So this, but uh, listen, this happens, right? Anyhow, I want to share this uh, this study with you. So for, for decades, studies have suggested that marriage has advantages for boosting our happiness and uh, longevity. There was a big study in 1998 that found that being married was three and a half times more closely linked to happiness than cohabitation. But there's a new study uh, that paints a, a bit of a, a different picture. Researchers from Michigan State University sought to quantify the happiness of married people, formerly married people, and single people at the end of their lives to find out just how much love and marriage played into their overall well-being. So there were three groups. 79% of the participants were consistently married, meaning they spent most of their lives in one marriage. Group two, 8% were consistently single or spent most of their lives unmarried. And group three was 13% who had a mixed history of moving in and out of relationships, divorce, remarrying, or becoming widowed. So they asked the they ask the question, do people need to be in a relationship to be happy? And does living single your whole life translate to unhappiness? Or what about if you were married at some point, but it didn't work out? Once becoming an older adult, they were asked to rate their overall happiness. And then they compared their responses to the group that they were in. The results showed no difference in the happiness among those who had mixed relationship histories and those who remained a lifelong single. Uh, so they suggest that, well, they use a quote, uh, you know, the old quote is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Uh, they say um, that you can call that into question because it's more like, uh, uh, loved and lost are just as happy at the end of their lives as, as those who never loved at all. So there's, there's that. And clearly they concluded that true happiness is about, is much more about mindset than it is about marriage. If you can find happiness and fulfillment as a single person, you'll likely hold on to that happiness when there's a ring on your finger. Not. So I, believe I, that. I wanted to throw that. Mark, what do you think about I that? I believe it. You know, it's not like our parents. Our parents came from an era where marriage was uh, um, almost a necessity, you know. Um, and uh, women back then, they weren't as independent as they are today. And as the decades went on, like through the 60s and the 70s with women's liberation and women got more into the work group than into the 80s and 90s, they became far more independent. And marriages, I mean, even though people got married, I mean, just look at the divorce rates. Hmm. And look okay. at the marriage rates. The The marriage rates have gone low, much lower, too, yeah. because we don't, I think you're right, we don't see it as a necessity anymore, whereas in the past it was necessary to, if you're going to have children, and women needed a man to take care of them like you at, at one point you couldn't leave your parents home until you went from your parents home to your husband's home 
right? That's correct, yeah. Mallory, what are your thoughts on that? Um, If you're happy with yourself, if you're happy with your life, you have to bring your own happiness to yourself. When I was single after I got divorced, I was determined I'm never getting married again. (laughs) I will be single the rest of my life because I was having a great single life. Right. Um, When I met my current husband, we lived together for three years Mm -hmm. and we were determined we're going to live together the rest of our lives. We didn't need marriage, but he and I are both kind of a marriage kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted his daughter to officially officially be my stepdaughter. He wanted my kids to be his stepchildren. I mean, we're just marriage people, but it's not necessary. Okay. So it depends on the person. Right. You would have been you would have been happy single too. In other words, living yeah. your single life, you would have been happy. It just so happened you met somebody that you wanted to marry. Exactly. And wanted exactly. to spend your life. I was with. a very happy single girl. And did did your husband want to get remarried? Like, to had before he met you, had he thought about remarrying, or he, did was he of the same mindset as you? I'm never getting married again. Same as me, never getting married again, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. But I remember we were together at, for a couple of weeks, and he had looked at me and said, "I'm going to marry you one day," and I said, "Oh, we'll see." <laughs> Actually, I'm going to marry you one day. <laughs> you did. You did marry us. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, uh, who knew that was going to be the day? Uh, Mark, 61, Mallory, 59, myself, 56. We are all baby boomers. Uh, I'm the baby of the baby boomers. We- Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Man, I love the music from those that era. Love it, love it, love it. It is our Baby Boomer panel tonight. We have Mark, who's 61. He's our passion poet. He joins us uh, on a month, and as does Mallory, who is 59. I'm 56. Baby Boomers are all born before 1964 or before that so uh i guess the younger the three of us are in the younger baby boomer uh having grown up in the 70s and 80s because there's some that there's also this believe right we're the non-retired baby boomers right we're the non-retired ones yeah but we're getting there we're we're, there's going to be more baby boomers than there are young people very very soon believe me so we're talking about marriage and is it necessary for uh, happiness and uh, a couple of texts here. Dr. Laura, you decide how happy you are. Happiness is internal and doesn't depend on others. And I agree with that. That's, uh, that's what you're saying. Uh, the only thing is you ever regret in life are the things you did not do. Trust me, you never regret anything that you did do unless you get seriously damaged. Obviously, you have regrets when things turn out badly, but Yes, you're right. Okay, I want to get to a topic, and uh, let's see if we can un- all understand this because it's a bit of a, n- a new concept. But uh, the headline or the 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 article, why some people are just fine with their partner's affair, written by a uh, Dr. Benzev, uh, a psychologist, and it's about the word compersion. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this word. It's it's a recently coined term. Okay, compersion. Uh, C-O-M-P-E-R-S-I-O-N. Basically, it describes your happiness 
you get happiness from your partner's happiness with another lover. So you're wondering, okay, is this possible, right? How do you, how do you manage that? How can I be happy because my partner's happy with somebody else? So I want to just look at that because it's not about envy and jealousy. It's about what's called sympathetic joy and admiration, which involves a positive evaluation of the other person's good fortune. So we're happy when they are happy. We bask in their reflected glory. So how is this possible? We understand how we can be happy for somebody else and, and you, you can have a partner who's, who's thrilled that you got a promotion because you're so thrilled. And so we understand the concept of that sympathetic joy or compersion, but is it possible in romantic love? So obviously romantic love encompasses genuine care for your uh, beloved, but not a general concern for the beloved's happiness in all circumstances, right? So we want our partner's happiness, of course, but it it's conditional. It, it's conditional. As long as you don't stray, as long as your happiness doesn't mean you've got to go with uh, somebody else or that somebody else should make you uh, sexually happy. So... When people have affairs or have sex with other people, there's either jealousy, there's emotional neutrality, or there's compersion. So jealousy is obviously the most the most common, right? And uh, somebody who is neutral, maybe they really don't care so much about their partner, so they really don't care if they have sex with somebody else. But compersion is something that is much more complex. And I think it's something to to best understand it. It's probably what you see in polyamorous relationships or open marriages. Like when you talk to people who are in these open or swinging relationships or whatever, and you ask them this question, that's what you get. You get, I love to see my partner being pleasured by someone else. It gives me joy to see my partner getting joy getting pleasure. Anyway, I know most of us would not feel that way. That that's like, let's be real. That's the reality. But I thought I I wanted to just bring it up because I don't know, it's something that we might think about. It's also pretty, I think it's a complex, uh, emotion, but it could also be a valuable emotion. So I wanted to know your thoughts, Mallory first. Um, the only way I could see that happening is if you're not interested in sex anymore, but your partner is. So it's go ahead, baby. You want sex. I don't want any anymore. It doesn't do it for me anymore, but you go for it and and have a great time. Would you be okay with that? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're, you're saying this like, okay, but you're not okay with that. No, (laughs) no, no, I don't share. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Mark? I got to agree with Mallory, even though it would be, even if it was just a sexual thing and, I, and if, if I was with somebody who was a swinger, I would not be happy if she was happy being with other people other than me. Okay. You, so you're the only one allowed to make her that happy. Absolutely. <laughs> and I could do it. <laughs> okay. But listen, it, it, this is why I find 
Uh, I love interviewing people who are in open or consensually non-monogamous relationships to understand how they do it because most of us have this reaction. I, I'm, I'm like you guys. Like, I, I don't either. Like, I would have a hard time with that. It's, And not that I wouldn't want my partner to be happy, but not that kind of happy. Not that happy. You, you, <laughs> don't worry. you can be happy. You Just don't be that happy. Sex, sex is one thing. Making love is another. And when and and if somebody's going to be passionate with somebody else other than you, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I have a couple of texts here. I would never do it. It's like one of my worst nightmares. <laughs> uh, vicarious joy associated with seeing one's partner have a joyful sexual or romantic relation with another. Yes, that is like the definition of. Compersion. You get vica- You live vicariously through them or vicarious. Another one says, no, can't do it. Uh, Dr. Lori, it takes someone who has evolved beyond conditions. It is hard to love unconditionally. If you want to learn unconditional love, get a dog. You're right. First of all, love is not unconditional in, in a partnership. That is the reality. You can't love your partner unconditionally because that would mean it doesn't matter what they did. They could do the worst things to you. You still love them. That's not true. That's not a healthy uh, kind of love. The unconditional love we have is yes to our pets uh, and our pets love us unconditionally. And the love we have for our kids, that should be unconditional love but not between partners. Another one, he's got it right. Making love is beautiful and sleeping next to each other is warm for me. She is the hot one. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, we'll see a lot of people would not experience this vicarious joy by having their partner have sex with Really, I think we're all on the same page. Hey, we agreed a lot tonight. Most of us were like on the same page, all of the three of us. I'm sure a lot of our texters were baby boomers. I hope uh, you guys will join me uh, next month. I've got other topics saved up for for us to discuss uh, from uh, our perspective, the older generation's perspective. Absolutely. Mark Mallory, or Mork and Mindy, as I like to call them (laughs) off air. Uh, Thank you very much for being on the show. Always a pleasure having you. Always a pleasure to be here. All right. Pleasure being here. And passion poet, Mark, we keep writing those poems. You got your little fan base who uh, love to hear your poetry. So thank you. Uh, Thanks to all of you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for your text messages and your participation in tonight's program. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you to our technical producer, Chris Aiken, as well. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website at drlori.com where you can find the podcast of all our past shows as well. Uh, If you're looking for the shows and you want to listen to them, they are also available on the iHeart app on the CJD page or our show page at cjd.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.